Well, hello and welcome everybody to our last episode of the Westlake Daily Podcast. And with me today, I have Nick Papagiorgio. Hi, everybody. From the beginning and until the end, you've been here, Nick. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. So from the very beginning, we've been looking at some iconic and titanic figures of Christian history. We've looked across the centuries, going all the way back to Augustine and stretching all the way to our modern times with Elizabeth Elliot. And what a journey that has been. Amen. And an encouraging one. Now, Nick, for our last one, who are we going to talk about? Who else but John Wesley? John Wesley, the great evangelist of the 18th century. Tell us about John Wesley. John Wesley is known as the founder of Methodism, uh, the Methodist Church. He was born in uh, Lincolnshire in Great Britain in 1703, and he died in England in 1791. Now, Wesley is a fascinating figure because from a very young age, he felt strongly connected to God and in his relationship with God. When he was a child, he grew up in a rectory. Father was a rector. That means he worked for the Church of England. And one night when he was a child, the roof of the rectory caught fire. And Wesley was narrowly saved from that fire. And he felt for the rest of his life that he had been, uh, quoting Zechariah 3.2, a brand plucked from the fire. And that experience really made a great impression on his soul about God's grace and about his relationship with God. And that he had now, been saved and rescued for a purpose. Exactly. As he grew up, he decided to go into theology and he went to study in Oxford in Christchurch. He stayed also for his master's for a while. And he took a break for a couple of years when his father called him back to Lincoln to, to help him there with the ministry that was going on. In the meantime, his brother Charles Wesley, who himself is a fairly famous Christian, especially for the hymns he wrote, matriculated or registered in Christ College in in Oxford. And when when John Wesley came back, they both started this club called the Holy Club. Now, this is important because this really is a crucial factor in in the, the formation of John Wesley. And the Holy Club basically consisted of four students who got together very early in the morning from six to nine every day to study the New Testament in Greek, to pray together, to sing hymns. And they were uh, characterized by a vigor and a rigor when it came to external piety and holiness. And these were people who who at the time were described as religious enthusiasts, which was a a nice way of saying religious fanatics. They would also do ministry to people who were in prison. They would pay off people's debts. They would fast twice a week. They were pretty, let's say, outstanding in their piety. And somewhere in there, people started calling them Methodists. The term was initially derogatory. It was kind of to make fun of them, but it kind of stuck. And then it became later on the Methodist movement. Now, after his studies, uh, John Wesley and his brother Charles were invited to go to Savannah in Georgia, in the United States, to minister there to the colonies. Now, that trip was formative, but it was also a massive disaster. Their ministry had two legs, one to the, it was evangelism to the natives there, and two to the actual Christian colonists who were there. And both those legs were hobbled. None of those uh, ministries succeeded. The one towards the natives was just a failure. And then also John Wesley tried to impose a few of those rules from the Holy Club on his own congregation. 
and they outright rebelled. There was also a bit of a situation with the lady who thought that John was going to propose to marry her. He said no. There was this whole thing. And basically, John and Charles traveled back to England, kind of defeated and beaten. And I think on the boat, he wrote, I went to America to convert the Indians, but oh, who will convert me? Exactly. This is a big theme with John Wesley. And to understand our quote today, we need to understand that. On the boat going to America, John Wesley met some Christians called Moravian Christians. These are people who, it was a movement, probably the first Protestant church before the Reformation, kind of. And these people were kind of in, 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 from an area in Germany. And they were very dedicated and, and very committed Christians. And during a storm on the ship, he saw these Moravian Christians being all calm and singing hymns. And that made a deep impression to him. So when they asked him, do you have faith in Jesus? He says, yes, I do. But he wrote later on, those were vain words. So back in England now, after Georgia, after this whole disaster and this failure of going abroad to minister, he goes back to a Moravian church with his brother. And there he seeks some counsel by a young uh, Moravian minister or missionary, rather. And that was a determining factor for him. That's where, let's say, John Wesley uh, became converted. That's where he experienced the love of God. And he writes extensively about his own experience with God and the fact that now he was actually converted. That didn't take the wind off his sails at all, though, in terms of piety and in terms of ministry. And John Wesley, to cut a long, a very long story short, spent the next almost 60 years becoming essentially one of the biggest preachers uh, that England had ever seen, one of the greatest figures in human history, rather. Uh, he founded chapels, he founded orphanages, he founded ministries. There was no end to how much he would do. And when he died in 1791, they described him as the most liked man in all of England. And I think historians have said that it was probably the ministry of John Wesley and George Whitfield who rescued Britain from a similar fate to the French Revolution, just because of the impact of the gospel in the land. Now, Nick, we could pick any number of quotes by John Wesley to That's talk so about. So many. But which one are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about one quote that I think captures his, uh, at least his evangelistic spirit uh, very, very well. Now, this is from his journal, and it was written on the 11th of June, 1739. He writes, I look on all the world as my parish. Thus far, I mean that in whatever part of it I am, I judge it meet right and my bounden duty to declare unto all that are willing to hear the glad tidings of salvation. Amen. And he certainly did that. So Nick, tell us about what he means. Okay, so one of the things you need to know about John Wesley is that he often did what we call today open-air preaching. He was very popular, so sometimes what would happen is the churches would just overflow. So he'd get invited to go and preach to different places, and people just didn't fit in the church. So he would just do another service outside. He also met with a lot of opposition during his ministry from the Anglican Church. Uh, he was accused of somebody who was fomenting revolution because he, he associated a lot with what we call, um, let's say, the riffraff of society of the time, the lower strata he ministered to them. So he was suspected of that. There was also a strange suspicion that he was trying to reinstate uh, Catholicism. So he, he wasn't always the most welcome preacher everywhere he went. 
and often the doors of the churches to which he was invited would be locked. So he would just stand outside and preach. And the way he saw this, especially when he talks about the world as my parish, was that for John Wesley, there were no lines and limitations of jurisdiction when it came to the word of God. There, there were no English, Scottish, Welsh, Americans or anything like that. The whole world were people who were in desperate need to hear the good news of salvation by Jesus Christ. And that was his singular passion. And he lived consistently with what he believed. And he was driven by a, an unending fire, a burn, to see as many people converted and hearing the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. And certainly we today who live in a far more complex world than he did at the time can certainly take a, a page off his book and say, well, we should uh, be inspired to be this passionate about proclaiming the good news of the gospel to yeah. the world. And as you said, he encountered much opposition. He was pelted with rotten fruit. He was beaten up. He ministered to the aristocracy and to the coal miners in Bristol. And you can read all of that in his journal. He was a remarkable evangelist. And one more thing that I think we should mention is he was an, an avid abolitionist. He was set against slavery of the time, which certainly didn't make him popular with a lot of circles in England at the time. Nick, if people want to read up on John Wesley, tell us about some books. Well, there's quite a few biographies. Like I said, he, he was a seminal figure, not just in Christianity, but also in, in essentially the formation of England and the, the UK later on. So uh, there's a lot of biographies that take a Christian or a secular point of view. One that I kind of like a lot is called uh, John Wesley, a biography, surprisingly, by Stephen Tompkins. And uh, I like this because it captures, uh, I generally like this about biographies when they capture both the sort of the Christian side, but also the historical side of a particular person. And then they also talk about the impact that that person had later on, the legacy. So this one is, is a book that is a particular biography that I think captures that very well with John Wesley. I would recommend an easy to read one by John Pollock called John Wesley. And for books by him, I would go for his journals, either all the volumes of it or one of the single volume abridged versions or his book of sermons, John Wesley's sermons. You may not agree with everything that's in there, but there are some corkers we had there. We always try to think about the Bible when we talk about these, these people. We're not just doing history. And what I tend to remember when I think about Wesley is the words of Paul to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 to 23. But that's where Paul talks about how I became all things to all men in order to gain all unto Christ. Yeah. And that is certainly the, the spirit and the passion that John Wesley had for the entire world. Yeah. The whole world was his parish. May we have something of his desire to see people come to Christ. Well, Nick, for the last time, God bless you and God bless everybody else. God bless everybody. Thank you for listening.